Welcome back to the Bracketologist Podcast. I am your host, Ben Walnick. I am here with Butterfly Media Zone. Yeah. Dakota German. Dakota German. And I'm here and I ain't catching that alien Rona. We got to take this seriously. <laughs> but seriously, we are taking it seriously. We are yes. socially distanced six feet. And we are talking about Independence Day characters. So we broke down a movie a few weeks ago with Dakota, Twister, one of our favorites. Yes. It was a blast. But a little bit of the feedback we got was maybe a little confusing trying to hop around on scenes. So we're going to try breaking down a movie by breaking down the many characters of Independence Day. Um, when I went and looked at the IMDb, I was actually kind of surprised that you really only get through about 16 or 17 before there's a huge drop off. With all the scenes in this movie, I thought there'd be more. Um, this is the bracketologist. If you haven't listened before, this is how it works. We're going to go through the bracket. Um, Dakota's job is to try to convince me on what he thinks should win. Uh, ultimately, I will make the decision, and we'll try to come up with our Independence Day champion, which is probably a four- or five-horse race in this case, which it is with most brackets. Dakota, are you ready? Let's get into it. I'm well prepared. Um, we do have some movie scenes queued up, so there will be some of that. Our first matchup is our one play-in matchup. So we have 17 uh, seeds here. We're going to have the two kids go against each other here. So we have the president's daughter, Patricia Whitmore, versus... Uh, Vivica A. Foxes, who plays Jasmine, her son, and uh, Will Smith, her boyfriend, uh, obviously the child in that relationship, Dylan. Um, I will play one scene here. This basically comes down to, in my eyes, there, there's two scenes in this movie. Um, one at the very end when Dylan is kind of celebrating and he's seen his fireworks show. And then we have Patricia Whitmore with this emotional scene. Good stuff. Uh, Just good stuff. The heartstrings, man. I mean, I get goosebumps every single time. Um, I think that alone would for me, which is why I had her as the 16 and Dylan as the 17 seed. I also feel like she gets a little bit more screen time being around the president compared to um, Dylan's off with um, Vivica A. Fox for most of the movie, which isn't seen quite as much. Yeah, I thought Dylan probably could have uh, maybe done some more acting. Honestly, for a kid actor at the time, it just wasn't very impressive. He, like, honestly, I think the only reason he got on that show was because he's actually from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which is what Will Smith was coming off of at that time. Um, but I want to give this to Patricia, hands down, just because of that scene. Agreed. Um, so we are going to do something a little bit different here on this episode compared to what we've done on last episodes. Instead of doing the left side of the bracket and the right side of the bracket, we're going to go through the top seeds and their matchups and go in that order. So still nothing's changing here. We're going to do our number one overall seed, which could be controversial, <laughs> but I have Jeff Goldblum's David Levinson as the number one overall seed going up against Patricia. And there's only one thing you need to know about David Levinson. Time's up. <laughs> you know, even the music there just feels <laughs> Jeff Goldblumy. It's like, pretty over the top in a way and it's like i mean enough tension already one day we're going to do jeff goldblum movies as its own bracketologist episode yeah. because it's the best and he's got some great cameos um it this is a clear winner obviously i don't think we need to spend any time and we'll talk more about no. um really the main character of the movie david um as we get a little bit deeper into this so our number two overall seed is captain stephen hillard played by will smith and he is going up against our 15 seed Miguel, 
which is uh, one of the, I guess you could consider him a kid, even though he's more of like a teenager, probably around 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. Maybe even closer to 20 for all we know. Um, I'll just play one quick scene here from uh, Captain Stephen Hilliard. You want to see my clearance? Maybe I'll just leave this here with you. Let him pass. Let him pass. Get the hell out of the way. Um, that's you know, one of many scenes. Uh, obviously, Will Smith is advancing in this matchup. Do you have a favorite scene that pops out in your head? We'll talk about him more, but what do you uh, got? Uh, I mean, Will Smith has so many. Honest, Will Smith only has great scenes in this movie. Like, this is prime Will Smith like season. Like, all these all these back-to-back years where he just is cranking out these great 90s movies. Uh, I really can't pick one scene out of this movie. But I do want to say I absolutely agree with uh, picking him as a two-seed because he's like a beer you know it's like you want to go out and have fun that's will smith and jeff goldblum as the one scene is like fine wine like he has just gotten better with age like with the way his career has progressed and everything um do, do we even need to talk about miguel like he really doesn't have much i mean like he's in like an important character it's just nothing really happens i mean he has this moment at the end where he's like proud of his dad yeah. Um, who we'll get to, who is a much higher seed. Um, there's not really much else going He's on. He's really he, just there to support his dad. He was the rock that carried that family through yeah. it and helped push Randy Quaid's character into sobriety and being able to be ultimately the hero in the end. Yeah. Um, there won't be statues about Miguel, but without Miguel, there wasn't Russell Case. And we'll get to that. But um, it's definitely Stephen Hillard. Um, our number three seed, the President of the United States, Whitmore, versus... Uh, the Secretary of Defense, Nimziki, and um, this one isn't close, but these guys had to go up against each other. There's a lot going for the president um, in this movie. I have him as the three seed because I do think, and I like Bill Pullman, but I do think there are definitely some overacting scenes where he's trying to do a little bit too much <laughs> with his voice. Yeah, way, way too much. It's like <laughs> He's got so many scenes where it's like, the way you said that was just weird. Why did that stay in the movie? And it, like we don't know what, how many cuts he did. Like maybe that he doesn't personally like that one, and like that got chosen by the director or something. But it's like there's that scene, uh, just like a couple scenes before that, like when Nimziki is trying to argue to like keep launching nukes. <laughs> like let's just keep trying. Let's just launch more nukes. Test all the nukes. And President Whitmore is like, I said, call them back. It's like why did that came out? Of, like that was a totally different character there. Yeah, he's it's just. Definitely some questionable moments, which is why he wasn't one of the top two seeds, even though he's probably in the movie more yeah. than Will Smith, just barely. If you're going through our top three characters, I think you're probably seeing David the most, the president just barely under that, and then Will Smith just barely under that. All three, those are definitely the main three. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth story that we have is our number four seed, which is Russell Case. He's going up against the first lady, Marilyn Whitmore. Um, we didn't get much out of out of Maryland, unfortunately, her character did not last very long. We got a, a few good emotional scenes, and you, I think they did a good job early in the movie establishing that they have a really good relationship, the president and the first lady. This is not a a struggling marriage. This yeah. is this is a good marriage, um, but it's it's Russell Case by a mile. It it just is. I mean, we'll we'll obviously get to Russell Case's best parts. Yes, which are really what ties this whole movie together, but. <laughs> Yeah, Marilyn unfortunately just doesn't pull through. I will say uh, what you've said about like how they portray the family so well in such a short amount of time, you really get an idea of how all the characters have like their relationships with each other. Like you really don't see uh, Vivica's character very often with Will Smith, but it's like 
you know exactly what that relationship's like. Or uh, Goldblum and Will Smith's character at the end. They don't meet until, like, the movie's almost over. But it felt yeah. totally natural. Um, so our next matchup is uh, Julius Levinson, <laughs> uh, David Levinson's father, against uh, Captain Wilder. Um, I think there's a lot of really great moments with Julius. Um, this would be one of them. Hey, don't tell him to shut up. You'll all be dead now if it wasn't my David. None of you did anything to prevent this. There's nothing we could do. We were totally unprepared for this. Ah, don't get me unprepared. Come on, Julius. It was what, in the 1950s or whatever, you, you had that uh, spaceship? That. Oh, yeah, that thing that you found in New Mexico. That. What was that? Not, not, not the spaceship. Was that Roswell? Roswell, New Mexico, yeah. No, you had the spaceship and you had the bodies. They were all locked up in a, in a bunker. <laughs> Where was that? David. I don't know. Area 51, right? Area 51. You knew then. And you didn't know. <laughs> Area 51. You guys knew you had that, that, that the crash landing in the 1950s. So, Roswell. Yes, yes, yes. Roswell. Yeah. Um, fantastic character. Um, he's. He has a bigger part than Captain Wilder, played by Harry Connick Jr., which, you know, just random appearance by Harry Connick Jr. that was awesome and has created an amazing coronavirus gif, if you haven't seen it, oh, where yeah. he rips off his mask mid-flight. It's like, I can't breathe. And it's like, all you idiots that aren't wearing masks, wear your masks. Put your mask back on, <laughs> Um, How did that end for him when he didn't wear his mask? He got blown up by an alien. And specifically green space goo. Yes. Which is exactly what the coronavirus looks like. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. Um, it's Julius. Uh, he has great moments. Um, ultimately, the world is saved more by Julius than David because David gets the idea of the computer virus yeah. from his father. Yeah. He also makes it to the White House because of his father. He yes. can't drive. That's true. Uh, honestly, what if his dad didn't distract the president for like that five seconds? You know, mm -hmm. just thinking possibilities. There's a lot of stuff. Julius really was the hero of this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he may upset Russell Case. We'll see in the next round. Let's go to our number six seed overall. This is uh, Jasmine Dubrow, played by Vivica Fox, uh, Captain Hilliard's girlfriend and stripper, uh, against Constance Spano, Exotic which dancer. is the uh, David's wife. I yeah. think they're divorced at this point, but it seems like they're probably going to get back together. Yeah, you know, that was a really confusing thing because they said they were apart, but they both kept their rings and... I don't know. I never heard like an official year divorce. It was just kind of like you're separated. But they've been separated for four years, and yeah, the father was questioning why he, why he still had his ring on. So that makes me feel like that they are divorced. Yeah, but they just wasn't like explicitly stated. I yeah. Guess. Um, honestly, I so I kind of flipped this at the last second from when you saw the bracket for the first time. I think Jasmine just has a bigger role. She saves the first lady for. A moment at least and yeah. obviously was really strong in being able to you know get together the survivors in LA and the fire truck and getting them to safety by getting back to the base even though the base was destroyed um, just a stronger character there wasn't that much that we got out of Constance um, throughout the movie other than her butting heads with David but for the most part she was the one that eventually got them into the White House and that was needed um, so if you're talking about actually to the plot of the movie what was important that one move helped obviously getting david and julius into um the inner circle of the president but yeah. i just think jasmine had more to do uh yeah i don't know like yeah constance had that one plot moment but like besides that really nothing else i mean 
if Jeff Goldblum still gets drunk, does anything change when she shows doesn't show up? Not really. And uh, besides, Vivica is hot. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a talking point if you saw this movie when you were uh, 10 to 12 years old. <laughs> Which is what I did. <laughs> um, okay, our seventh seed overall. So we're going to have Jasmine of uh, Vivica Fox. She's going to be the one that advances here. Uh, our seventh seed, General Grey, versus our 10 seed, Marty Gilbert. Don't argue with me, just go! David, why did I just send my mother to Atlanta? That voice is so amazing. <laughs> okay, so first of all, Clearly, the better character that's more fun is Marty. Yeah. Um, General Gray has a hugely more significant role in the plot of the movie. But what does General Gray actually do in this movie? Well, see, you know, mentally, I think he is like the pillar for the president. Obviously, like the wife, uh, you know, like that really is terrible. But mm-hmm. like, who is by his side every step of the way? It's always General Gray. He is like the perfect support character. Like, he's always just there to support him and he's always like quick to action he's the one who's like is that glass bulletproof no sir and he, like he's the one to pop that order he uh is instantly thinking of military applications when he sees the shields go down um i don't know like he i thought he played his role perfectly and marty gilbert obviously also played his role perfectly as just like the quick and early comic relief um I just love his voice too, though. <laughs> yeah, his this voice is hard for me. His voice is fantastic. He has a very small role, though, honestly. Yeah. Um, but like, his voice was just so comically just out of place in this movie. It was like, David. <laughs> um, I think importance to the movie is General Gray. Yeah, but Marty Gilbert is it just his voice though? Like, it's literally. It's not like his his character was like that funny. It's just like the voice just always just yeah. takes you out of it. I, I think his like classicness and uh, he will age just like fine wine. <laughs> like that character only gets better the more you think about him. Uh, but yeah, I think General Grey definitely is uh, a more important movie yeah. element. Um, and ulti- ultimately it comes down to importance in the plot, but also how fun the character is. Yeah. Um, I just, Marty's not significant really in any way to the plot. No. He literally just tells David that there's a problem with signal and anyone in that office could have. Yeah, and gets blown up at the end. Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, we'll go General Gray. Um, so no real upsets so far. We've got our eight seed, Dr. Okun, versus our nine seed, Major Mitchell. As you can imagine, they they don't let us out much. <laughs> and he showed that well with this character. <laughs> he, you know, like... I always think back and like, man, I really didn't care for this character much, but it's like he nailed it so perfectly. Like just the most stereotypical, I have been locked in Area 51 nerd scientist you could imagine. Um, I want to start off, I'm leaning towards Dr. Oaken because I'm not positive. I think the phrase, you want to see the big tamale, <laughs> originated from Dr. Oaken. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I think Major Mitchell had some important moments. He obviously saved a lot of lives. Yeah. Um, he also could have easily said that Russell Case wasn't fit to be a pilot and not let him fly, which could have killed everyone. Yeah. Um, he killed the alien and Did. protected the president and everyone in that room. So he um, was more of a hero, but Dr. Uh, Oaken was probably a better character. Um, yeah. And it's we like, didn't really get to see Dr. Oaken's full usefulness either because like, yeah. maybe he and Jeff could have had more time together. Mm-hmm. Maybe a way better strategy comes out of it. 
But, I mean, everything works out in the end, obviously. But. I think when you picture Independence Day and you picture characters, he's in yeah. the top five oh, that pop yeah. into your mind as far as, like, seeing him. Yeah, Dr. Oaken, for sure. Okay, so we have no upsets, so I can recap our Elite Eight. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum's David Levinson versus our eight seed, Dr. Oaken. We have our two-seed, Captain Stephen Hilliard, played by Will Smith, playing the General Grey, his superior. The seven-seed, uh, our three-seed, President Whitmore, versus our six-seed, Vivica A. Fox's Jasmine Dubrow. And our four-seed, Randy Quaid's Russell Case, versus Julius Levinson. Um, so our number one overall C is David versus Dr. Okun. You just said they are Okun. They didn't get a chance to uh, play nice together. Maybe they could have solved some stuff a little bit earlier, but ultimately David's the smartest guy in this movie and he's the main character and he lives a lot longer. He lives to the end. Spoiler alert. Um, is there much argument here? Uh, no, I, I can't even think of a way to defend Okun against Jeff Goldblum's character. It's like, try me, yeah. try me. Jeff is just waiting. <laughs> um, okay. So let's not waste any time there. And I think we don't need to waste too much time on the next one as well. I think our final four is going to be a lot more interesting. Um, so we have Captain Stephen Hilliard against his superior General Gray. Just way more, way more to play with with the character. Great general, by the way. Amazing. As far as like movie generals, he's he's near the top of the list. He's like you said, he is the Rock next to the president. He's yeah. a strong character. He always had firm answers. He d wasn't wishwashy in any way. Good leader, um, but arguably the biggest hero in the movie. Maybe. I mean, he is the uh, highest-ranking military leader by the end of the movie, I'm pretty sure, because everyone else got murdered at uh, NORAD. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Potentially. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with uh, Captain Stephen Hilliard, and we'll move on to our three-seed versus our six-seed, which is the president versus Jasmine Dubrow, the exotic dancer. Yeah. Um, obviously, I got to go with Whitmore, um, but I will say Jasmine, you know, like – Mom, working mom, work like surviving through the apocalypse. Doesn't forget about the dog in the car. Uh, huge. That's huge for the uh, for the pet lovers out there. Saves the first lady temporarily, mm -hmm. and I don't know. I guess she's supportive of her potential future husband. I mean, not everyone leaves the safe military base to rush out to watch the giant alien spaceship crash. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much defense. She president also didn't vote for the president. She didn't vote for him. So, and he seems like a pretty good president. He did save the world. Yeah, you know. Also, is her like obviously this is not a dig at Vivica, but is like her character like Hollywood's attempt at like just trying to be inclusive sometimes or like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm not sure on that. I just she just didn't have that much to do. Yeah, she really wasn't like a plot essential character, but she added to the Will Smith story. Like, if he's just a pilot, then he's just you just have a Will Smith character. Yeah, yeah. you. But I I would say you could cut out five to ten minutes of this movie and just have you could have Will Smith scenes with Harry Connick Jr. giving him some personality as a leader and as a good friend. And, and cut out that first five minutes of meeting him, and it probably doesn't take away too much from the movie. Um, you'd have to have some love interest probably for him, though, yeah. after that. But um, I, it's look, it's President Whitmore. Yeah. Okay, here's our toughest Elite Eight matchup. Definitely. Russell Case versus Julius Levinson. Uh, 
honestly, I think we just got to go with the big guns for both of them. I mean, Julius is like so subtly magnificent. He's like the common sense character to the max. Mm-hmm. Like everything he's just like, well, it's the White House. Of course they know. What are you telling me about, David? You, you, you think you're going to tell them? If they need cable, they're going to call you, David. They're not going to call you about the satellite signal thing. And it's like he also thinks of the virus. No, not straight up thinks of the virus, but provides that. Um, whereas Russell Case is like basically a walking mess until like his last 10 seconds of screen time. That's true, but we also have possibly the most emotional move. It, there's there's probably two really emotional moments in this. Um, you've got the first lady dying, and then you've got the end. Do me a favor. Tell my children I love them very much. All right, you alien assholes. In the words of my generation, Oh, boys! I'm back! So, that moment, I remember his face perfectly, but I always attribute the best line with, uh, in the words of my generation, (laughs) up yours! It's Russell Case. I will give it to him for uh, I, up yours. I well, I just think um, when I think of the movie, like I said, there's a few characters that I immediately think of. I'm not sure Julius is one of the first three or four I think of. I have him as the five seed for a reason. I will always remember that scene in movie going experiences. Yeah, like Julius, you will watch the movie, remember him, and enjoy the movie again, and like enjoy his character. Russell is like if. The movie showed what happened in the years after. Russell has a statue of in his honor with the words "up yours." <laughs> yeah, um, it's. Uh, I, I think ultimately, in the end, I think it, it comes down to Russell by a mile, just because of that final scene. I also think he Julius, like you said, was basically the same throughout. Yeah, he was the common sense. Russell had a character arc, man. I mean, he's literally a drunk crop duster at the beginning. That is putting poison on the wrong field. Yeah. Getting and arrested for dropping pamphlets to everywhere. Literally, he's going to have, like, the biggest statue next to the Statue of Liberty in the entire world built for him. Yeah. Um, and then we have our final four, which uh, all of these are great. Um, not great women representation in this movie. Um, we had one in our Elite Eight, but our final four is all men. Um I don't think that's because of our choices. I think that's because this movie was a very male dominant. Yeah, they just didn't get written in into very strong roles, and no. that's on the writers, really. That's not on us. Nope. All right, so our number one overall seed, David Levinson, Jeff Goldblum, versus our number four seed, Russell Case, Randy Quaid. And then we have our two seed, Stephen Hilliard, played by Will Smith, against our president, Whitmore, played by Bill Pullman. Four big names, four, you could call at least... All of these are at least B-list celebrities at this time. Yeah. Um, Randy Quaid, obviously famous from the National Lampoon vacation movies. Yeah. Um, Bill Pullman had been in a lot. And then this was like ultimate movie star, Will Smith's coming out party, just finishing up Fresh Prince, um, becoming an action star. And Jeff Goldblum continuing his long run that continues (laughs) deep into the 21st century. Um, David versus Russell. 
Jeff Goldblum versus Randy Quaid. Well, instantly what I say David has going for him, which I didn't mention earlier, he hates slow traffic and slow drivers, which I do as well. He's giving <laughs> shit to his dad the whole drive to the White House. <laughs> must go faster. Oh, wait, the must go faster line later yes. when they're flying through the spaceship, like direct rip from Jurassic Park. That best. sounds awkward for any other actor but Jeff Goldblum. Nailed it. I feel like Jeff's like, establishment of... Who is Jeff Goldblum when acting? It's like it's kind of like Nick Cagey in the sense of like whenever you hire this actor, like Jeff Goldblum is going to be at least fifty percent playing Jeff Goldblum, and it's like that character just kind of works for everything. Yeah, in a way, he also has a really good character arc in this. You know, I yeah. would say that um, him and Russell have the best character arcs out of our final four as far as from start to finish of this movie. Uh, at the beginning of this movie, David was a depressed divorcee that worked at a cable station. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, he is the smartest man in the world and saved the world by yeah. figuring out how to take down the shields and is probably getting married to his wife again. Yeah. And, you know, Russell does not become a hero if Jeff Goldblum's character doesn't figure everything out. So, I guess time would tell, though, that we don't really know if Russell's tactic of flying into the laser would have worked with or without shields. Yeah. We don't you, know that. You would think that, like, some of the physics on the ship doesn't really make a lot of sense, which I get it. It's a 90s, like, summer blockbuster. You're not going there to really think about things. But, like, you would think in a weapon that powerful, surely at some point the shields go down to fire it or yeah. else you're destroying your own ship, right? Yeah. Also, um, we'll, we're just talking about the laser here at the end of the movie. Is this the moment that you want to just talk about maybe your favorite special effects scene of, of the 90s with the White House blowing up? Yeah. I will say, like, the uh, White House blowing up, they had a giant miniature. I want to say it was a one to eighth replica. So it was actually that's pretty big. pretty large. Yeah. And it, they actually blew it up. So that's why, like, the fire looks so good is because that's a real explosion. Um, all the fire throughout the movie is real. Like, that's how they had to comp it in. Um, no VFX, uh, computer computer generated. Um, I will say there are like moments throughout the movie too where you can tell like they were rendering the uh, ships 3D, and if you watch closely, they'll start to like not be in time with the uh, like filmed stuff. So it's like a little bit choppy, and it's like they didn't go back and like fix the renders or have time to export, which. We've run into that problem here. Yes, we have. <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. Like the effects are really good. If you're just like going there and you like you turn your brain off, which this I feel like this movie accomplishes really well. It doesn't tell you we want you to think. We want you to just enjoy us, enjoy this movie. Um, I feel like the effects still hold up really well today. Like nineties movies were so good for that, just because of that. Like I, everything was like half practical, half we did some CGI cheating to fill in the gaps. And that's how it should be. 100%. Um, and I will so, say, the White House blowing up, so iconic. Oh, 100 The The whole <laughs> Time's Up scene and, like, that five minutes where you're seeing all three of those cities destroyed yeah, is definitely a peak of blockbuster movies in the 90s and maybe blockbuster movies in general. Yeah. Um, Stephen Hilliard versus President Whitmore. Uh, I'll just play this one scene. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. That's what I call a close encounter. <laughs> I mean, that's just movie star. Yeah. He's just like, 
he could have the whole movie could have been centered just around him oh, with yeah. nobody else. And I think you can only say that about one other character in this movie. Um, they're two very different movies. One is more just like an action adventure, and one is more of like a sci-fi thriller, like figuring out. Yeah. And I think they're going to end up playing in the championship. For me, this would be uh, the captain over the president. Um, you know what? I want to argue for the president, actually. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so I love Will Smith. I think Will Smith is amazing. Um, and honestly, I think this is actually one of the least Will Smith being Will Smith movies out of all of them. Because, like, he actually falls into the, I'm the rank and file soldier, you know? Like, he was answering, like, yes, sir. And, like, he stood at attention and stuff. And it's like... You see that in other places. It's just like usually Will Smith has to have like that cocky swagger. You know, he's I'm Will Smith. You paid twenty six million dollars for my thirty minutes of screen time. This is what you're getting. Um, but what I didn't like so much about it was, and this isn't really on Will Smith so much as it is the writing. It's like the the Marines Air Force is like the smallest Air Force out of all our military branches, and they focus on that. And honestly, they don't look very professional, which is absolutely not how it is in real life. And you would just think that like the commanding officer might have pulled the plug on so many, like any of those firefights, like a lot earlier. It's like, you guys are just falling out of the sky. You can't damage them. You can't blow up their shields. Why are we still flying into them? I don't know. It's just a lot of questions for me. I mean, they bail pretty quick, I would say. But, like, th there's literally just uh, him and Captain Wilder by the time they leave. Because the other ones are all dead already. Yeah. But, like, it just... But they all they, they didn't fire multiple missiles like yeah. they did in the at the end battle when he wasn't there. That's true. Um, I think... I just think his performance was better. As an actor? Yeah. And yeah. The, the character, like, Whitmore didn't really change too much. I guess you could kind of say the same thing about Hilliard, but... What I want to give the president is... Uh, Best movie speech ever. That is true. Hype speech. That is Specifically true. Specifically hype speech. Uh, we don't want to get into I all mean, the other speeches. I mean, not even presidential speech. I mean, you're putting this up against, like, the Al Pacino piece of inches from, yeah. like, any given Sunday. Like, this is, like, best speeches of all time in a movie. Um, that is by far his highlight. Yeah, it's definitely the uh, biggest highlight. But, I mean, like, even now, you listen to it and you start getting chills. It's like, whew, yeah, this is... Uh, America's umbrella right to live to exist and should we win the day I mean it's got July the perfect no crescendo yeah. and he gets to the end and you're just like I'm ready to go like Top Gun for the Air Force like this is what got people to sign up oh yeah Without a fight, we're going to live on, live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Literal chills, goosebumps, all over. Man, you know, let's also point out he. So the president is an ex-fighter pilot, and he mentioned he flew during uh, the Gulf War, Desert Storm, I think. I believe so. Which would have only been that. like five years before this. He was young. Yeah. So he left the service and then immediately ran for president. One. And then at the end of the world, the not president, not realistic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what people let the president, the commander in chief, get in a freaking fighter plane? Well, that's why General Gray did not win in his last matchup because he actually let the president get into a fighter jet. Yeah, you know what? But he's just the ultimate support character, though. He was like, President, if you want 
to get in that plane. I'll support your decision. Um, it's tough, right? It's really tough. He's a great president versus a great character, and you know. So here, here, here is my final argument, and is going to be the reason that I have Captain Hilliard advance against against your your ill will. Um, ill will is probably the wrong phrase to use there. I like it. Um, one, there is. I, I want to play a short scene for our championship matchup, and it has to be David <laughs> and Captain Hilliard. But two, two, if you're talking about in the final battle. And who actually played the bigger part in saving the world? Uh, yeah, Will Smith did technically fire the nuke that blows up the. Well, and he also like he had to learn to fly a spaceship, whereas the president is flying a jet that he was just flying in a war five years ago. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't actually do anything other than block out space for Russell Case. Russell Case was the main hero of that battle, when ultimately it came to Captain Hilliard, and President Whitmore continuously made. Not the best decisions. He chose not to evacuate people in time. Could have yeah. saved lives. Um, chose to fire the nuke. That ended up doing nothing. Um, he Waited listened forever to, to he, fire the nuke too. And he listened to Nimziki for far too long. Could have fired him early in the movie. As soon as he found yeah. out about Area Fifty One, and that Nimziki had kept that from him, he should have fired him then. You know, I want to back up a little bit here because yeah. uh, we do hate Nimziki, obviously, because he's the movie's like designed to hate him. He is the only human enemy, really. But I want to say the president might have kept him around because he's the devil's advocate, which I know someone in this room always plays devil's advocate. Yeah, Justin, our producer. No, <laughs> he's talking about me. Um, it's Captain Stephen Hilliard. It is close. That is the closest matchup that we've had so far, I think. I will um, absolutely agree with the argument that Hilliard overall more important um, somehow than the president. <laughs> I think, you know what, the two people that get statues, Hillard, Russell Case, uh, President Whitmore probably goes into Mount Rushmore. And David Levinson gets the Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah, probably. I mean, he sticks around in the amazingly beautiful cinematic sequel to Independence Day. The worst movie of all time. <laughs> um, I watched that on a cruise, and I don't know if I was sick because the boat was rocking during a storm or because that movie just made me sick. That was a garbage, garbage <laughs> movie. Um, here's a, here's a, a, a quick tangent before we get to our championship matchup. Do we have the f longest time of world peace after we all helped each other defeat the aliens? Or is the world in so chaos that the leaders are trying to take what's not theirs and it actually turns into we have more war right after this? So... Uh Separate tangent. In Avengers, after the New York in incident, you know, what creates the vulture is that they're stealing that alien technology, which in the uh, sequel, you don't see that, mm -hmm. uh, which I feel like is a really bad oversight on the overall world building because that absolutely would have happened. Like, there were freaking, uh, how many went down in Africa, like, in the desert? Like, that one is getting that's pillaged how by everybody. That's how Wakanda started. That is exactly how Wakanda started. <laughs> Like, I feel like, yeah, there's uh, probably more chaos, but also, like, if America could get into the driver's seat with their allies, which, again, uh, you have to look at the problem. All the satellites are down. They were communicating through Morse, Morse code mm -hmm. somehow, I guess, through transatlantic sure. lines, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's never explained why that works. Nope. 
because they made a big deal about explaining how you got a satellite bounce to communicate to the other side of the world. General, General Gray, spread the word. Yeah, tell them how to take him down. Oh, you know, let's go back to that moment, too, because uh, <laughs> J- Jeff Goldblum says, yeah, probably for a few minutes. It was like for like an hour. Yeah, if, <laughs> like when that guy, when uh, Russell Case flies into the ship, it felt like, okay, we're probably running out of time, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, I think the uh, nuke on the main ship probably is what took everything out. Probably. But, but like, the timing's all weird because all that happens, and then we see the nuke blowing everything up. Yeah. So um, uh, there, there's, off topic there's, there. there's some flaw, flaws in the plot, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's still a movie we love. Okay, so we've got David versus Captain Stephen Hilliard. Um, out of all the matchups we've had so far, this is the matchup that has the characters interact the most. Looking yeah. back at the bracket, going back to the Elite Eight, David and Dr. Oaken barely saw each other. Julius and Russell Case never saw each other. Jasmine and President Whitmore barely saw each other. Captain Hilliard and General Gray briefly. Then in our final four, David and Russell never saw each other. Hilliard and Whitmore barely saw each other. But now here we go. Basically the last 15 minutes of this movie, 30 minutes of this movie in space, we have David and Captain Hilliard flying together, and it gets us some great moments like this. All right. Look at us. Take a look at the Earthlings. Goodbye. I'll take care, all right? Nothing but love for you. Nothing but love for you. You think they have any clue what's about to happen? Will Smith oh, obviously no, does Captain not look smoke. His Good eyes night. are Deadliest weapon known to mankind. Well, and then there's also. I heard no fat lady. <laughs> We're loose. You get us out here in 30 seconds. I heard no fat lady. Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. Drive us out of here. And then this is obviously also when we get the moment of must go faster, must go faster, yeah. must go faster. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Okay, so. This whole end scene is uh, awesome, obviously. Um, their relationship, just like you don't see them together for the first hour and 30, 40 minutes of this movie. And then immediately, like, there's this great connection between the two. Um, like, their first lines together is Jeff asking Will, Can you really fly this thing? Can you really do all that bull? Yeah. <laughs> you really <laughs> just said there. Um, so, like, you've got basically the two leaders and heroes of this movie you know obviously the president's in there as well but like you've got the action hero and you've got the the brains behind everything um probably i would say at this moment probably uh jeff goldblum's 10 years older than than will smith in these roles yeah um this is this is a tough call what what's your gut say jeff goldblum's in the second movie not will smith is that Good or bad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? Well, you know what? It's a sign that Jeff Goldblum's career cannot be killed. That is true. He's like a fly. Oh, God. <laughs> um, if you're too uh, young to get that reference, then look it up. Don't look it up. It's terrible. It's yeah. It's a ter- I don't like that movie. Um, my gut. Okay, so... Are we looking at just this movie by itself, or are you trying to place this person's role in like the the, the apex of their career? Like, is this what launchpad? If you're talking about career-wise, 
this was the the thing that really pushed this in Men in Black in like back to back years pushed Will Smith to another level. Yeah, and Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was already there. Yeah, like he didn't really. What did he do after this? Because he already did the fly. Right? Yeah, there's not much. Yeah, the IMDb is. I mean, Jurassic Park is three years before this. Yeah, like so you get the Jeff Goldblum pause after this, mm-hmm. and now he's coming back with great random appearances and commercials and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and other stuff. Um, so if you're looking at it from that light, I think the argument is Will Smith. If, yeah. As far as most memorable for me, it's probably just barely the David character, um, but it's really close. You know, I want to say David interacts with basically every important like character at some point. Mm-hmm. Like he is the first to go to the White House, meets the president. He's got. He never. Honestly, I'm looking on here, and like, there's not that many characters he doesn't meet yeah, personally. Yeah, I would say that he probably meets. I mean, probably out of the 17 characters, he probably meets like 12 of them. Yeah. I mean, he briefly saw Doctor O'Kin. He saw Major Mitchell. He saw Julius, Captain Wilder. He never saw Russell Case. He never saw the First Lady. Maybe he did when he brought her in the helicopter. Like, he, yeah, he definitely did, and he brought her in the helicopter. Yeah, like David put himself in position throughout the whole movie to get to the ending. And Will Smith kind of fell into, like his character fell into it a little bit. Yeah. Just but I was just arguing Captain County. Hilliard saw all of those people. Oh, you were arguing for Captain Hilliard? He saw Dr. Oaken, he saw Major Mitchell. He no, saw, he didn't. Oh yeah, he did because he was there, yeah. He saw Julius, he saw Captain Wilder. He never saw Russell Case, but he literally flew the first lady back to the hospital at the base. Yeah. He probably saw Miguel at the end or in the base at some point um, at the end of the movie. General Gray, definitely. Never saw Marty. I'm talking about like actual on-screen time, though. Like actual interaction, like talking Yeah, there's only three people on this list he didn't see. But didn't see, but I'm saying like actually talked to. Because he never talked with... Well, I guess he talked with Constance, but like he talked with Okin. He never talked. He never met like Marty Miguel. He never talked with Marty Miguel. Russell it's close. Kidd. I it's close because like David never really interacted with Jasmine. He never no. But they were there at the uh, at the wedding because that was really the only time Will talked with Constance. Like okay. they didn't really talk, but that was their only interaction. Let's put it this way: if you had a movie that was only following David's side of an alien invasion, yeah. And you had a movie that was only following These Captain are like two Hilliard. complete movies by themselves. <laughs> no, it is. Which movie would you rather see? Because mm. I think that's your ultimate answer. I think, well, yeah, this is kind of more opinion-based now. Because like, I think I'd personally want to see David's movie. That would be, be my answer. Yeah, it's like there's more happening. Because mm-hmm. like, what happens with Will Smith's character? Well, okay, so we, we see he's got a family, gets his butt kicked, uh, and then he gets to... Like beat the crap out. There's of more happening with David. Back. Yeah, but he's in, yeah, he's, David's in every part of the movie. Well, and he's like, if you if you say there's there's four main plots to this movie, if you include Russell Case's side of thing as a plot, if you only do three, including the president, David immediately within the first 45 minutes is with the president, whereas Captain Hilliard's kind of off on his own for the first hour and 20 minutes. But is that an argument for Will Smith's side of things because he was able to carry that side of the movie for so long? No. It's David. It's David. David's character is actually plot essential. Hillard is the soldier that just happened to be there. Jeff Goldblum is the winner. Yeah. Like, the movie ends in failure without David. David. I think. Yeah. Not bad. 
I can't wait. Thank you, Mr. President. Smoke now. Oh, so this is healthy? Oh, I can get used to it. That's our champion. And I love this movie. And even though this movie is not what I would call a great movie, whereas it's not winning Oscars. No. Rewatchable. Very, very rewatchable. You can hop in and know exactly where you are and... I want to watch this to the end of the movie. Great lines, great characters, great acting, maybe. <laughs> great example of just a really fun movie from the 90s where you just turned your brain off and you went to the movie theater. And uh, maybe that's the only movies that we'll ever break down like this on the <laughs> Bactologist exactly podcast. It's yeah. just uh, fun 90s movies that maybe you don't think about every day, but they're fun to revisit. Yeah. You know, So far we've only done 1995 movies too, I think. Uh, did this? Co- I think this was '96. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um. So next is Titanic in '97. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. This is a lot of fun. If you enjoy the podcast, I encourage you to go to Instagram. Bracketologist underscore is the handle. Please subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. Dakota, thanks for being on here. Yep. Justin, thanks for producing, even though you were silent this time. Until next time. <laughs>